nothing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler, episode 63. The Prisoner Exchange Music Exchange continues. I'm Kelly Tool at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter. And I am Mike at Official Pagan on Everything. And our last Prisoner Exchange, we covered Voltaire, and it was a super fun conversation. I was struck, I mentioned it uh, on that episode, that I found a remarkable number of parallels between the Voltaire album and the this, the album we're going to be talking about today, uh, Struck by Lightning by Graham Parker. Less murder, not murder-free. <laughs> so we'll get to some murder early in the Graham Parker one because <laughs> Voltaire had his murder. Graham will contribute there, but that folky kind of involvement of strings and kind of some soaring stuff is very apparent in this too. Uh, a different, it's also about relationships, just like Voltaire's was about relationships. This is a little bit more on the upside of relationships. And when it's on the downside on relationships, there's typically not murder involved. So, so there's, <laughs> there's that. What I didn't realize is I rec, cause as we're going through this and I needed to kind of come up with my next recommendation to Mike, I had come, come across as, Oh yeah. Struck by lightning would be good because I, I, recalled i very much enjoyed this album as i prepped for it i realized okay you've just given mike to review possibly what you consider of all the music i have the top five pieces of music from an album standpoint this is in it for me i forgot how strongly i felt about this album and how much i enjoyed it which is a risk here (laughs) because as we go through Mike might not share that opinion, so I might be a sad panda by the end of this, but uh, I... Well, if it makes you feel any better in advance without giving anything away, my next recommendation is my all-time favorite band. So if you don't like that, it's it's going to be... Okay. I will be very crestfallen. Okay, we'll, we'll, see, how, we'll see how it goes tonight. <laughs> so, good to know. So this is Graham Parker, Struck by Lightning. 15 songs, gang. It's not a... It's yeah, a, that caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting 15 yeah. songs on this because I knew it was a little bit of an older album. It was actually... So Graham Parker started off as an an angry punk new wave guy picking fights with God. <laughs> Lots of stuff like that. Picking fights with record labels. Eventually got married and kind of went into an over oversample of some kind of more romantic. So a lot of the Graham Parker anger, which kind of defined him, went away for a number of albums in the 90s that weren't really his strongest work. Uh, This was one of his albums in the 90s. This was the highest chart performing. There's a lot of reasons why, because it is, in my opinion, a very, very, very good album. Uh, And uh, we get, it's tempered. He's he's not picking fights with God on a regular basis, but he's seeing a lot of problems and he's willing to kind of poke at them and in a kind of clever, sardonic Graham Parker way. So you get a little bit of edge. You also get a little bit of just kind of straightforward relationship stuff that's kind of interesting uh, as well. Any top line reactions where we talk just a little bit about the cover art? I'm not a total blank slate on Graham Parker. He kind of falls into the same category as the kinks for me. I'm familiar with his most popular stuff, and particularly I want to say most of that is probably related to Graham Parker and the rumor. Am I saying that right? Correct. Yeah, so it's the Graham Parker and the Rumor stuff, mostly, I believe. But I don't know full albums. I don't know deep cuts, any of that kind of stuff. I just know, like, the best-known material. So, And I'm also familiar with the fact that he was very influential, just like the Kings. So this this very much kind of fell into the same category going into it as the Kings record. Cool. Very good. So unlike 
Voltaire's album cover, which we discussed last ep- episode, I personally believe that this album cover accurately reflects what you're going to see because on the cover, there's Graham Parker, who we're going to hear from, and there's a kid with a butterfly net, which we're going to hear from. <laughs> so I think it it kind of delivers on, this is what's in the album uh, from there. And if you think about the tone of it, it's a, a photo, which is some stylized of Graham kind of in a field and this kid with a butterfly net kind of in the in the background. It fits with the tone of the album. So So not stunning graphical design, not whatever, but a very kind of workmanlike, yeah, so here's what you're going to get. Yeah, I, I really like that. I believe you said workmanlike. I, I think that's super accurate. It, it is very, like, it's a matter-of-fact cover in a good way. Like, you just, there's Graham Parker, there's a kid with a butterfly net. Not a ton of stuff going on with the design, but a lot of older records. And what's odd, I was a little bit surprised when I saw the copyright date, because I would have thought this was more of an 80s release. There are a lot of 80s records that kind of have this like stripped down matter of fact sort of cover. I feel like so many 80s records were either super stylized to the point of being ridiculous or it was like, here's a picture of the artist or something related to the album, like a very straightforward kind of thing. So to me, it's almost a little bit of a throwback, I guess, to more like a late 80s record. But I I like that. I like that style. So I like this cover. So we have 15 of them, so we better get rolling. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we'll get... So the album kicks off with She Wants So Many Things. It's, this clocks in at over six minutes long. It sets the tone a little bit. Then you're going to hear about relationships and that kind of uh, material in here. And it's, as the title kind of indicates, it's about she wants so many things and the question of can you can you deliver on everything that she wants. You get very early on this kind of cool, typical Graham Parker lyrical content quality, which is talking about somebody being a living example of God's bad taste, which is just kind of a really cool, tight little number. It is a six minute long song as it goes through and kind of builds on it. You kind of think, okay, it's about to wind down and then it goes again and then it goes again. But in my opinion, each of the extensions on it to keep going is absolutely worth it. A good first song and really kind of lays the framework for what you're going to hear for the rest of the album. I would say, first off, starting off top line wise, I I really didn't know too much what I was getting into with this. I really, really enjoyed this album. Before I repeat it like a hundred times, I think folk rock, as Kelly said, is probably a little more accurate. What I kept writing down in my notes, though, was like, bar rock i kept picturing and i read i i tried to read up a little bit on him after i I listened to the album and i kept seeing people refer to this as like a blue collar rock type sound i disagree with that because when i think that i think garbage like bruce springsteen this is not that this is like if you were at a bar and a band came into play but it was the greatest bar band ever (laughs) like Talent-wise, way above what you should be hearing in that bar, but the kind of music that would would suit the crowd. And you know, this is Kelly really summed up lyrically where where this thing's going. I am big on first songs on albums, so is Kelly. I think it's a bold move to start an album with your longest song. A lot of times, you'll see bands put longer songs either towards the back of the album or maybe as the last song on the album. So I think it was cool to kind of start with your longest song, and especially. As Kelly mentioned, you know, there's a couple parts where you think it's going to wind down and it doesn't. And it gets going again. I just really enjoyed this song on this song more so than most. And you'll hear it a little more later. But on this song, I was like, OK, I can hear some of that like earlier punk new wave kind of influence, which over the next few songs is totally dropped. But on this song, I, I feel like you can hear it a little bit 
just kind of simmering under the surface. There is a reference to a closet full of whips, which I wanted to ask Kelly about. Kelly, do you, awesome. <laughs> do you have a, a closet filled with tools of the bondage trade? I do not. Do you, Mike? <laughs> no, no, not a closet full. That seems no. excessive. I did have a gym bag of bondage gear, and which should have thrown people right away because I am not athletic in the slightest bit. I don't know anything about sports. My hometown's football team was in and won the Super Bowl this year. The day of the Super Bowl, I was in Canada recording, and people were asking me about the Super Bowl and then excitedly asking me about the Super Bowl, and they found out I was from Philadelphia, and I tried to explain to them that they had a better shot of learning about American football by asking any other random person, not the American from Philadelphia. So people should have been thrown when I had a gym bag and known that there was something other than sporting equipment in there. But I unfortunately don't own that anymore. So I was just wondering, though, if there was a, a Fifty Shades of Tool situation. No, there, there's not. However, if at some point I return to my roots and form a ska band uh, and want to tour, I think uh, gym bag full of bondage gear will be our name. <laughs> so <laughs> I, think, I think that'll bring the crowds in. So Mike likes his murder, so we'll get right into song number two, uh, where it's They Murdered the Clown. Graham Parker's a funny guy, and this is this is where he demonstrates how funny he can be and the imagery he can paint. And it is basically uh it's a long way around getting to the punchline. It's totally worth it. It's absolutely hundred percent worth it. But I am I'm also pretty convinced he said, I want the song to end with this line. So let me build the world that gets me to this line at the end. And it was a wonderful world he built. And it's this bleak circus <laughs> environment. There's a little bit of the ringmaster's beloved, the bearded lady, gets busy with one of the clowns. And so the ringmaster takes him out. And uh, the just the, you can feel the grime <laughs> in this song as he sings about kind of what's going on. Uh, it talks about the acrobat sweating because someone cut holes in their safety net. And it's just really, really cool stuff going on all the way through it. And then the, the magic at the end was she got busy with the clown ringmaster took the clown out and it finishes with, he told her before not to mess with the staff, but she fell for the clown because he made her laugh. And then you get the little kind of carnival tonality to it and wrap it off. So just a punchy, fun little song paints a wonderful world. Uh, I love this song. This is a really great song. It's, in my opinion, incredibly difficult to mix serious musicianship with humor in a way that works on both levels entirely. There are artists who are great at incorporating humor. A lot of times they're funnier songs, though, if you, because the focus is on the humor, you lose a lot of the musicality in it. On this song, you don't. One of the things this song does that Kelly touched on that I love is mix together two things that shouldn't work and makes it sort of seamlessly work. This, you know, guitar wise is a continuation of that same sort of bar band rock sound. But now you have these circus organs thrown in the mix that should really be jarring and kind of pull you out of it. But don't they they set like an almost ambient tone to the song that that lets you know you're in the circus and in this sort of crazy world. And it just worked really well for me. This is an all time, one of my all time favorites, uh, just cause it's, it's just such a great, great, funny, good music type of thing. I think your point about it, striking that balance is a tricky thing to do. So then we go into strong winds to me. This is a perf the perfect song. 
uh, begins uh, with the harmonica and the musicality of this song is just remarkable to me. Lyrical content's great. This was when I knew, so I've gone through, she wants so many things, great song. They murdered the clown, super fun, great song. And then this thing rolls in and I'm like, okay, so this is, this is actually something kind of special. This is something I'm going to, this is an album I'm going to really enjoy for many, many years. Again, the Graham Parker cleverness of to capture the idea of someone becoming dismayed talks about looking the wrong end through a telescope and losing hope uh it's just effortlessly delivered fits in the flow uh it's it's just a to me a wonderful piece of music not a not a not a rock song but just a great piece of music big strong winds fan i have i put kind of stars by these songs that i felt were like magic this is this is one of the magic ones i really really enjoyed this song i'm gonna make a weird analogy that i hope isn't off-putting but it was what popped into my head not so much because it sounds that way just sort of exists in the same general space the same way that you said the voltaire record would be put in the same pile as this record just in different spots on the pile the slower pace of this sort of reminded me it gave it almost like i know he he's telling stories up until this point but it had the slower pace gave it that conversational tone that you would almost get from like an early billy joel record if that makes sense yeah, I think I think the storytelling vibe of early Billy Joel, absolutely. Not I, the I, sound of early no, Billy he, Joel, but just he that buries storytelling. Him with, <laughs> yeah. Looks what's going on here. But yeah, I get I totally get storytelling. And and he's told stories up until this point, especially like when they murdered the clown. The these are all sort of story oriented songs, but once he slows it down, it gives it that conversational, that almost literal storytelling that Billy Joel does in his songs, particularly in his earlier songs, better, but it, it's something that exists sort of in that same space. I totally see that. So then, uh, not the title track, uh, but uh, featured on the on the album cover, the the kid with the butterfly net. Uh, another very very strong song. Also has a star slightly smaller than Strong Winds. It's got strings. It's soaring. This is an album about relationships. It's about re- at this point in Graham Parker's life, he's married. He's got kids. We're gonna hear more about the kids shortly. <laughs> um, <laughs> And he's making reference, uh, how does an angry, no longer young man weave some of that into the, the storytelling that he does? And this is, to a certain degree, this kind of observational part of, you know, there's a part in your life where you don't think anything's impossible before you get kind of jaded, and broken down and give up. It's a magical time. And it's him kind of just basically observing that with the, with the, with the kid with the butterfly net. So to me kind of touching as well as great musicianship again and the layered vocals towards towards the end add a really nice different element to what we've heard so far yeah another really great song that i enjoyed one of the things that i really liked about this is implementing strings as kelly said i'm a fan of strings on records sometimes though especially if it's not necessarily like so i like strings when it's either a really soft song or a really heavy song I think sometimes on like mid paced rock songs, when you add strings, it instantly in my mind turns into like a jam band song. I think Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews band, like a fiddle player and Dave Matthews band is complete garbage. And anyone who disagrees with me, you're wrong and you don't know anything about music. So (laughs) I got a little bit worried when I heard the strings because I was like, oh, this is going to turn into a jam band kind of thing. And it doesn't. So not only did he introduce a new musical element 
on the record at this point, but he did it in a way that I really thought I was going to hate and didn't whatsoever really enjoyed it. So it's even more of a success to me because I went in sort of thinking, uh, I'm not going to like this and still really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the very beginning, but as it starts off at the very beginning, you go, okay, so we're going down a different road on this one. But then as it builds and layers and goes on, you're like, I'm good with that. I'm totally good with it. But yeah, I got really worried and I really, like I said, I like strings, but on either soft songs or really heavy songs, it's the mid tempo where I get, you, you turn into Dave Matthews band for me and that's not a positive thing. And this never does that. So it just goes to show Dave Matthews band is garbage. Graham Parker's great. I can, I can be down with that. <laughs> Song number five is, and it shook me, good, powerful set of lyrics again. I mean, we've had these monsters coming out in terms of just incredible songs, in my opinion, through this album. And so to me, this song suffers a you know, what if you're like a really good song <laughs> surrounded by these monsters of really great songs? And I think to a degree, and it shook me, suffers from that a little bit. It is really, really good too. Uh, it, paints a picture, talks about losing his heart and it feels all right. It gets to the point. It's delivered really well. There are highs in the other songs that this song never quite reaches, but in no way is it anything remotely close to a skip, but it's just, it's unfortunately surrounded by a couple great songs before it, a couple great songs after it. And so it was just, it was still good, but, but there's more good stuff coming. I, I enjoyed this song. It's not my favorite song on the album, but I really enjoyed it. Particularly, I really liked his vocal delivery on the chorus because it brings out again, a little bit more of that, that punk new wave kind of thing. His delivery of the words, almost like he's spitting them out in a way that you would expect on more of a punky type song, but the music never reaches that level of aggression. So it's almost like, it's like an intensity that, that could bubble over, but doesn't, if that makes sense. It does. And it, it probably closer really for the first time on this album to, to more while still not the punch isn't quite there. Uh, the Graham Parker and the rumor earlier error type of stuff with those, those the kind of smoky spitting the words out kind of delivery, uh, razor sharp voice of Graham Parker, but it is a slight shift in, in the tone. All right. Super interested to hear your reaction to this next song, Wrapping Paper. This is, uh, I will, I guess I say, a song of seduction uh, from Graham and what could very, very, very easily become remarkably creepy <laughs> in the process. But I think he manages to dodge that uh, 100% through there. Uh, the, the, the lead into the chorus or the chorus itself is pull your skin like wrapping paper around my heart delivered in a way that only Graham Parker can deliver it. It's sinewy. Another song that just is to me, a kind of a, a great, great song, but it is Graham kind of talking to his lady <laughs> and, it, uh, uh, and a sincerity to uh, his passion for her uh, and done with the kind of phrasing that only Graham Parker can do. So I like wrapping paper quite a bit. I like this song a lot. I think it's, you mentioned there's a few lyrics in here that are worth mentioning. You mentioned one of them, the pull your skin, like wrapping paper on my heart. Not only did it, that I think that was really cool imagery. You kind of already touched on this. It's hard to pull that off and not sound like a serial killer. Yeah. But I feel like he did that. Um, one of my favorites though, and it, it's, it's a simple line. It, it's not as visual as this, but it's definitely tattoo worthy material. In my opinion is that you're not a princess and I'm not Prince charming line. Yep. I could see that being worked into a tattoo easily. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's several, several lines that run through this one that are 
absolutely tattoo material and that is that is definitely one of them yeah this is definitely this song in particular i think has, has some of the best most memorable lyrics so again another great song now we move into um that's where she ends up another super super strong from 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 song from my point of view it's basically a story a lot of this has been about relationships and this is a little bit more of graham painting a picture of someone not treating uh someone the way he should and him commenting on that and and indicating that's just not right this is one where the music's great this this is probably some of his strongest vocal delivery on the whole album uh and so it's just another really really strong song I agree with everything Kelly just said. And in particular, I would point out, I love the analogy that he makes of the character's mistreatment being like they're being treated like leftovers of food. Yeah. And he does and, and trash and different. It's just, he's always just rich uh, in the imagery and it's just, it it pulls you in. It's super great. Okay. Now we get to brand new book. This is a peppy little number, not Motown, but it, it definitely starts to pick up more into uh, that it um, includes a reference to Badfinger, which can never be bad in a, in a song. More Graham Parker cleverness on, I don't think that love is blind, it just can't see straight. That's tattoo material uh, as well. It's kind of also, I think, a little bit self-referential that you know he's talking about this is a chapter of a brand new book. And it is, to a certain degree, him commenting on you know, I'm, I'm going to come at stuff a little different. You're st- I'm still going to be a little chippy. I'm still going to have observations to make and I'm, and point out when things are wrong, but I'm done picking fights with God. <laughs> you know, I think it's a little bit of, we get here, but he talks about, um, the, you know, the, the chapter of a brand new book. So it is uh, really kind of a springy, springy little number. Well, I did wonder, and I have this written down, whether or not, like how self-referential the chapter in the brand new book part was, because I'm not as familiar with Graham's catalog and his backstory. And I didn't want to over-familiarize myself. I wanted to go in as blank slate as possible. So I wondered how much that was self-referential. Like Kelly said, there, this is definitely a shift in tone. It's a little more upbeat. I So this is going to sound weird. When it works, I really like songs with clapping in them. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I know that's not necessarily a really popular thing, especially nowadays. I don't, I don't think you really hear a lot of it. I feel like most of the time when it's used, it's terrible. But there are times where it just really works with a particular song. This is one of them, in my opinion, and I think it's great in this song. And kind of officially, I'd say this is chapter three of a brand new book is the two preceding albums that we had gone from angry Graham to kind of sappy Graham to kind of the balanced Graham of, I'm going to talk about relationships. Some I'm going to increase, increase some pieces there, but I'm also going to keep my edge. So, but this is, I think kind of helping reinforce this as a pivot pivot from there, but not too much of a pivot. Cause we, <laughs> we go into weeping statues, which is much more, uh, reminiscent of earlier Graham Parker, a much edgier song than what we've heard so far. We've got Elvis sightings, we've got weeping statues, and uh, the reference to the title of the album, Struck by Lightning, in this song. Pack's probably some of the, the strongest punch of anything uh, on this album. Uh, another another good song, to me, doesn't reach that rarefied air of wrapping paper, and that's where she ends up in strong winds, but a good song. Yeah, I really like this song. Um, I like the use of the keys in there to kind of build a little bit of a different, different. I wouldn't say it's a huge departure from what we've heard on the album, but the keys give it a little bit of more atmosphere to it. 
that we haven't had up until this point. And the guitars, particularly near the end where they get a little bit more distorted, are different than what we've heard up until this point. So it's cool to hear that musical variety, but it also still works in the context of the album. It's not like a song that pulls you out of it or sounds out of place. So then we go into Guardian Angel. Kind of a bluesy number, slide guitar, uh, definitely kind of shifting back into the front half of the album into some of the, the, the tonality to it. Uh, again, good imagery in it. Another very strong song, in my opinion. I like this song. My first note is Hillbilly Parker. <laughs> yeah, I, I could go with that. Absolutely. You got to get your Hillbilly in. I don't know if you're going to get I think you're going to have a hard time getting a Beach Boys in on this one, but I'll give you Hillbilly on that one. <laughs> yeah, but you get a little bit of Hillbilly Parker in here. Again, though, it's another, just like the previous song, You with the slide guitar, you have a musical element that is very different from what we've heard up until this point but is woven in in a way that isn't jarring. It doesn't pull you out of the overall feel of this sort of bar rock, as I keep calling it, album. It, it still feels like this could happen. The greatest bar band ever walks in. They're putting on an amazing show. They bust out a slide guitar, and it still works. Yeah, and Graham being from England, particularly early, Graham Parker and the Rumor, the pub, pub rock was what they were very, very consistently referred to. So I think you know, you've been dead on regarding that kind of bar band sound to it and now we shall have a chat (laughs) (laughs) so before you before you say anything about this song my note on this is must be kelly's favorite song actually not (laughs) because uh, they murdered the clown and um we will talk about my favorite song very very shortly but it's (laughs) up there i'm absolutely convinced that graham's working on this album he's getting all this stuff together he's trying to figure it out and Ah, good day's work. I wrote wrapping paper. It's awesome. Weeping statues. That's going to be killer. It's great. Time to go to bed. And he gets into bed and the family dog wakes him up and he's got to take the dog out angry. And he's like, I've got a bunch of good work done and I needed some sleep and that stupid dog, I got to take it out and brings the dog back in. He goes, I'm going to write a song about this. (laughs) And so it just, I think it captured a really bad night for Graham. It is, to me, a really, really fun song because it is this uh, idea of children and dogs will always win. I'll never work with them again. Uh, it's a process. And it's the idea of UT tells the story of his kids wanted a dog and, oh, they're going to take care of it. And he's got to take care of it. And the dog doesn't work out too well. And the tail and the kids are like, the dog bites every once in a while. Can we get a rabbit? And this kind of thing. But done in a really fun, fun way. And you get some kind of fun uh, children and dog lyric singing at the end with a, a broader chorus of younger voices. So it's, it's pretty cool on a lot of fronts. So it doesn't have the, the depth of a lot of the rest of this album, but just kind of a fun little moment and enjoyable, but just a little set piece on family life and dogs don't always work out well. Is my short person. So I'm not a dog person. It's nothing against dogs. I just don't own a dog. If I were to get, actually I'm so I'm going to be purchasing a house soon and there is a pet that I'm going to get, but it, it's not a dog. It's something that I will explain on a future podcast though, because I just think it's ridiculous and funny. I would love to have a dog. I am never home though. And I feel like that wouldn't be fair to the dog songs about dogs. though, are something I, I, I never really got into. And maybe it's just because again, I don't own a dog just because of circumstance. I like dogs a lot. I need to keep saying that before all the comments are like, fuck you dog hater. It's not that I hate cats. But dogs, I'm all for dogs. Kelly has shown particular affinity for dog songs in the past. Alice's 
song specifically. So I, I thought this might be a favorite of his. I think it's a song though that whether you're a dog owner or a parent or whatever, it's it's a story you can relate to. You actually clarified my question that I had about this. I was a little bit confused on so where the kids ask for a rabbit after saying that the dog bites. For a second, I was like, are they asking for the rabbit as a pet or to feed the dog? I'm going to go with a replacement. <laughs> right. Which makes a lot more sense than this much darker version of the song that I had created in my head where they're like, we're going to feed the dog living things so it doesn't bite us. That'd been a dramatic shift in tone from this, yeah. <laughs> for this song. I thought I was probably off base on that, but, you know, it's best to check. Yep, fair enough. Probably made it pretty clear as we've gone through there how passionate I am about this album, how many songs I find just remarkable on this. And the next song, Over the Border to America, is actually my favorite song on this album. I don't think there, I mean, there are moments of kind of just stronger craftsmanship in some of the earlier, earlier songs and they're, they're, they're magical, but there is, there's something about this that the, the way this song snakes along musically uh, is clever. The, the, the story that he's telling here is kind of also bringing back the Graham Parker I love, which is the Graham Parker with a, a little bit of an edge. And it's basically the, the story of people with nothing going to the border and looking over to America and going, that's where everything's really, really great. And Graham kind of working into that. Yeah, maybe or maybe not, <laughs> you know, and so he does some of that. And it's just how he knits the lyrics and the music in this song is amazing. So first of all, it's a song that mentions both Zeppelin and Paula Abdul. So we've got that. So that's pretty cool. But there's this section where I heard the rumble when the wall came down, heard the freedom bell begin to sound, watched the hammer as it hit the ground, saw the sickle spinning round and round. And while that's all kind of going through there, when he talks about the bell, you get this little bell tone in there and the hammer hitting the ground, there's kind of a percussion thing on there. And it's just, it's done kind of effortlessly and so it's just a, a really well-crafted song. He paints an amazing picture again. You totally get it. And it's got a nice kind of edge to it. So um, of, a song, of an album with many, many songs I love quite a bit, you know, if I had the short list to say, listen to this, this is the shortest line for you to understand how awesome Graham Parker is, this song and They Murdered a Clown would be off of this album, what I get, because it's <laughs> maybe other songs that might musically actually be a little bit stronger, but this is the quickest way to get to A to B to say, no, this is great. See? Yeah, it may not be musically as polished as some of the stuff that came before it, but it's cool to hear like this is definitely the edgiest song on the record. And it's cool to hear some of that come out. It seems coincidentally topical. Yeah, yes, it does. Seems to <laughs> seems to have weathered well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this song definitely could have been written now if you just changed the the two music artist references that you already mentioned. It, it would seem like this is a song that was written now. That does bring up a good point, though. Are you more of a Zeppelin guy or a Paula guy? Well, given those two choices, I'll go Zeppelin. Got to go Paula Abdul for me. But <laughs> I really, really like this song. I, As you already mentioned, it, it may not be structurally, musically as good as some of the stuff that came before it. But it's really cool. It fits with the edge that you know is kind of bubbling under the surface on a couple other tracks it definitely spills over a little bit here but never to a point where like i wouldn't say this is a punk song so it's again where it feels like this is still in line with what we've heard he's bringing a new element to it this time it's an edgier song but it still isn't pulling you out like nobody's leaving the bar <laughs> when no. 
when do you get to the song and in fact it, it's a really good enjoyable song it, it's definitely a song that you know at this point if this were a set from the bar band it's something you wouldn't expect at this point but it's something that's going to draw you in in a different way so where you had that sort of conversational storytelling tone on earlier stuff this is drawing you in in a different way making you really think about the meaning of what he's saying i just really like this song yeah and don't get me wrong none of these next three songs there's three songs left on the album these are not skips for me but this is a 15 song long album and i almost think it could have even been better if he ended the album right here uh not that these next three songs are bad but they don't reach the rarefied air of a lot of the stuff that happened before as much they're still very good songs uh but there's just so much magic or maybe if they'd been pulled further in the mix that might have been been good uh, as well. I, again, I don't want to kind of depict that this is a weak ending to the album, but there's just so much strong stuff. This is front loaded with greatness. These next three are, are all good, uh, but you're not going to hear me go on and on and on as much about them as I did on some of the, of the other songs. And the first of these one is When I Was King, which is almost kind of a, a reggae-ish sound to it. Lyrically, one of the more kind of fascinating storylines in there a little hard to entirely piece together but it comes along the idea of him talking about when he was king and he gets to be on a stamp and he's kind of looking forward to people licking his neck <laughs> and so there's a very kind of kind of kind of cool things there so that makes it a pretty interesting song and and, and it's fun and it's a, a little bit of the self-important kind of thing uh, so it was fun and i thought lyrically took us to a very kind of interesting place yeah, I, I completely get what you're saying about how the album could have ended there. It definitely still would have ended. It would have ended on a really high note. Not that there's anything wrong with these three songs, but I, I see what you're saying. And even if you kept these three songs and just maybe move that to the end, it, it would definitely be a really good punch at the end of the album. This song of the last three is particularly interesting to me because of that sort of reggae influence. So I don't know what it was, but there was a lot of stuff around this period that was, that was pulling in elements of reggae into their sound and for me it largely doesn't work on most of those projects i didn't mind it at all on this i i thought it again just like the other elements that he's introduced up until this point it works really well and if i was watching this live it wouldn't be jarring it wouldn't pull me out of it so even though musically this is probably the furthest from everything else on there because of the strong reggae influence it it doesn't pull me out of it and that's the strength of this song for me is that he he tried something that's so different musically not only did it does it still work as its own individual song it still works in the context of the whole album and historically if you look and i don't know why this is but there was a lot of bands doing this around that time i guess i was too young to remember if maybe actual traditional reggae music was having a big commercial boom at that time and maybe that's what it was for whatever reason so many people tried this mostly failed at it Whereas I think that Graham Parker managed to do this in a smooth way that he could pull this song out now and not be embarrassed by. And that is something that 90% of the bands that suddenly threw reggae into their sound cannot say. Yeah, it holds up. Not as surprisingly as to how directly over the border to America has held up, but it does hold up. So, so then we get into 10 Girls Ago. It's the, the probably the one song on this album that never reaches the line, but becomes kind of less memorable, less remarkable, 
than than most of the other things. There are a lot of it has the most tempo changes and most interesting tempo changes of anything on this album, which keeps it from a, a musical standpoint. That that's kind of kind of interesting. But there's been just kind of so much going on with the stories and the imagery and some of these other songs. And this is a very craftsmanlike good song, but it, it just doesn't carry any of the for me as much oomph as a lot of the other other stuff does you really nailed it i still like this song and i think the title is really compelling because i feel like there's so many different ways you can go with that story i just felt that the storytelling wasn't as sharp as some of the other tracks definitely not a skip there's no skips on this for me i just think when you compare it to you know they murdered the clown and strong winds and stuff like that you're not getting that same level of storytelling out of this song and we wrap it up with the sun is going to shine again so now even though i kind of picked on these last last three songs a little bit uh this is a this is a pretty reasonable way to end this album if you kind of think about the relationships and the stories uh and kind of what's going on this is a good content wise kind of capper to it more uplifting ending the album on a on a positive note such a huge fan of how strong over the border to america was I can I can totally get and support <laughs> the sun is going to shine again as a way to kind of say okay you've now been through struck by lightning and I'm wrapping it up for you with this song and it's it's a very nice way to end the album. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you that uh, Over the Border to America would have been a great album closer because it has the most punch, uh, sort of the most grit to it of any song on the album, makes it an obvious album closer thematically though this is probably the better choice as you mentioned because you know we're back into the more relationship kind of headspace that where most of this album takes place so i get it thematically although i totally agree that you would have gotten more punch with over the border so folks that's struck by lightning if you had a chance to listen to voltaire and you listen to our last episode you know you need to get to that if you haven't heard this album you need to get it as well in my opinion so any any closing commentary on your reaction to this album, Mike? I really enjoyed this. I'm really glad that you recommended it because so one of my favorites so far was uh, Bonzo Dog Duda Band, and what I liked about that was that was something I would have never come across on my own. What I really like about this is I have a little bit of familiarity with Graham Parker, and particularly Graham Parker and the Rumor. So it was great to force myself deeper into that and really discover this album and what that's that's kind of all about not just the few songs that i'm familiar with because i think that sometimes especially if you're familiar with the hits of an artist it's not necessarily you're not really getting a complete picture until you you sit down and listen to a whole album so i'm really glad that i got to listen to this in a different way because this really gave me a more complete picture of graham parker as an artist that i wouldn't have gotten without this recommendation Excellent. Well, we will be back in a couple of weeks on our next Prisoner Exchange, and uh, we really appreciate uh, all of you listening. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Uh, 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 uh,